I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson. On your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Lovely, what is today? Thursday. Thursday. All the yeah, days run together when we're uh, at training camp, here, and yeah. well, we're not at training camp, but all the days are still running together. It is, and kind of in a good way, though. I mean, we're building up to some things, and I read today that under one percent of NFL players are, have tested positive over this whole process, which I think everybody would take, and um, it seems like tentatively things are moving along, and. Frankly, the, the NFL is like a locomotive. They're going to move along no matter what. It's, gonna, it's, it's a train, and the train yeah. has uh, left the station, as it yes. were. Uh, we talked to Mike Tomlin this morning, the Steelers head coach, uh, holding his Thursday press conference starting next Monday when practices open up. Mike will be talking every day to Great. the media after Great. practice, much, much like a regular training Just camp. Just like a normal yeah. world, huh? Uh, but today we had some uh, opportunities to ask him some, some different questions. Um, and uh, some things that he, he talked about, uh, he said that uh, Matt Filer is working exclusively at left guard, which means Good. that the other two guys, uh, Chooks Okorafor and Zach Banner, are uh, are working at right tackle. And that seems to be the plan, that the, one of those guys is going to win that job and Filer is going to stay at left guard. I think that's what you want to hear as a Steeler fan, right? I mean, if it were, yeah, but Matt's going to go back and play some right, that doesn't scream a ringing endorsement for the two right tackle you know situation I, I think that Filer needs to build continuity and a relationship with Villanueva to his left and Pouncey to his right where he you know he, he was on an island to his right you know, for most of his career here but he has done it, and he knows them, and he knows the scheme and all that. So I think you want him to get every rep possible at left guard. Here's the thing. Last year at training camp, even though I was told early on that they felt he was going to be the right tackle, mm-hmm. they, had, they had no question about that. Um, because guys were, were missing practices uh, here and there, uh, he played. He spent a lot of time at guard at camp last year. I guess he did, huh? That's yeah. A good point. I mean, he's probably he was probably at guard two or three days a week at training camp last year. Um, I can remember talking to him, you know, a couple of weeks into camp, and I said, you know, I've been told that you're you're the starting right tackle because that wasn't a that wasn't a given. Okay, at that uh, point, right? Yeah. And he goes, well, that's that's news bit, to yeah. me. He says, I'm I'm still playing guard, you know, two or three days a week. <laughs> so uh, he has done it. Um, he's got that so kind of bounce back and forth. And yeah, lived that world. He's you know, right? he's got that kind of flexibility. I don't think it's 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 outside the norm for him. He started. He's played at center before. 
people How's forget about really? that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess um, he could be your emergency guy on game. He was day. the he was the third team center for a long time when he was the swing guy. Okay. Uh, Finney would be the first guy up, and then and then Filer. In fact, um, in a season-ending game, I believe two or three years ago now, maybe three years ago, against the Browns, um, they sat some guys, including Pouncey. Finney got the start at center in that game. Filer was at guard. And then Finney got hurt in, early in that game, and Filer had to move to center and play the okay. whole game at center. Interesting, because now Wisniewski's going to be your Finney, you know, so yeah. he'd still be third guy up. I mean, so it's not his most comfortable position. But a lot of bad things have to happen for him to go to center, but at least you're going to have one active on game day, so it's not as big a deal to me. I mean, like if DeCastro were to get hurt, I'm sure Wisniewski would become your right guard. Right, you, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. So then you have two centers – behind still on the field with Pouncey if disaster strikes so, yeah no, that's great their line versatility is rare and phenomenal it, it really is and uh you know I don't know that uh um it's truly appreciated right uh for people that don't watch all the teams and when you see other teams have guys go down and all of a sudden we don't have another one you know it's it's you know blow it up it's mm-hmm. Wiley Coyote with the TNT <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> right right yeah there's a an intricate web, a puzzle, I mean, that you could build. If this guy goes down, then this guy goes down, then he goes here and he shifts here. And it, it takes a while until it gets ugly, ugly. You know, where a lot of teams, it's, of course, any team loses a Pouncey or a Castro or a Zach Martin or whomever, it's going to be bad. But the plans in place for those disasters isn't the worst thing I've ever seen at all. I mean, yeah. it's pretty strong. Um, I uh, wrote today about the uh, the possibilities that they have. We've, we talked a little bit about this before uh, with Derek Watt at uh, fullback. Yeah, really um, intrigues me. I looked up the numbers. Last year, uh, there were five teams that gave their fullbacks 300 – no, I'm sorry, 200 or more snaps. I bet they're the best offenses in the league. Uh, they were all in terms of running the football. Let me guess them. Okay. Niners, Ravens, Vikings, Saints. Saints are another one, yes. Yeah, I should know the other one. I'm not remembering it. The Raiders. I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, the Browns will be one of those teams this year. Yeah. Uh, three of those teams finished in the top ten running the football last year. The, the Of course, the, the, the 49ers, Vikings, and, and Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders and Saints both finished. The Raiders were just outside the top ten, and the Saints were 16th. Okay. Which sounds, well, they're just 16th, but they can throw the ball pretty well. Yeah, right. I mean, right, they're, right. They're, that's, I think that's the kind of balance that that's the Steelers kind of need. For, yeah. Right. A um, couple notes on that, too. I mean, I believe that there's four elite teams in the league. You mentioned three of them. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's a – just it's not all because of the fullback. <laughs> right. I mean, just because you trot a fullback out there, the Jags aren't going to be one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. But it is hard to prepare for. We talked about this a lot yesterday that I very – one of the beauties of the Ravens, and I very much believe this in the league, is if you're noticeably different than the other 31 teams, that week of practice is really, really hard because you think you get a whole week to play. It's not like hockey where you play two nights in a row. But it's not much. I mean, you, you don't yeah. get enough time to prepare. So and ha- I mean, half the teams in the league don't even have a fullback on their roster. That's what I mean. Yeah. So just even playing against a fullback is new. And then some of these teams use them in a really unique way, including Baltimore, um, certainly the Niners. A team you didn't mention and would and is always on that list is the Patriots. 
But Devlin got hurt, and then yeah, the they didn't have a fullback hurt, last year. And then year. they made a linebacker into a fullback. Yeah, I don't even know if they counted him as for the snap counts or whatever. But they they didn't have any more fullbacks. Um, but they're always atop that list, and they're always a really difficult offense to prepare for. And it's just like we mentioned yesterday: is none of these linebackers played against a fullback in college. You know, the, they don't know. It, Taking him on in the hole is new, and just an old school ISO. This guy gets ahead of steam, and he's coming to get me a couple yards from behind the line of scrimmage. But more than that, the rules on defense are: I have this B gap, I have this C gap, I have this. But the gaps change after the snap with a fullback. You don't know where he's going to be. What's my gap responsibility? And if you're not super quick to recognize that. Tevin Coleman's running for 20 yards behind you. you yeah. Know? So it's really it's really interesting. And I think when you marry Watt and Canada, they're going to catch some teams off guard with their running game. That was kind of the, the I bet it was. point of my story. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Watt played 122 snaps last season for the Chargers. He played 146 in 2018, 142 in 2017. So he wasn't a, you know, a big, no, high-volume guy. No, it's not going to be 50%. But... Uh, 2018, Knicks played 110 snaps. When he was a pro bowler, all over myself, sorry. when he was a pro bowler in 2017, he played 181 snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think they're closer to that this year. I do too. Than they are to the 110 that Knicks played. Because the Steelers really didn't have one last year. Yeah, they, they had no time. I mean, I even consider last year because he played 35 snaps and was only active for about you know mm-hmm. six games. And then they didn't go out and try to replace them or you know. It's hard to, you can't find those guys. They aren't easy to find, yeah. for one thing. Um, but I think Watt, you mentioned all those teams that play with a fullback. You know, like the the Browns, who are going to inherit the Vikings' way of doing things, they traded for Janovich. From, yeah. You know, I mean, they, they gave something up to go get one. The Ravens uh, already do it. The Ravens, you're right. You yeah. know, the, the Niners made Juszczyk the highest-paid fullback ever. And he played 396 snaps last year. he plays year. a lot, and he was hurt a little bit, too. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, their offense is much different when he's out. He was, uh, I think he was over 600 snaps two years ago. That's a plan for him. I mean, I think that's what they yeah. want to do. They want they are a two-back offense. Um, and I don't think Watt's going to approach those numbers or anything. But those guys I mentioned are different than Knicks, too. I mean, Knicks is... A downhill sledgehammer. He was a around. he was a college defensive tackle. He was mm-hmm. a college nose tackle. Right, right. I mean, you know, expecting him to run or catch the ball, while well, he could do he you know he could do those kind of mm-hmm. things. He 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 did have I think twelve catches in the last, in his five years with the Steelers. He averaged like five yards a catch, and some probably will bounce off his hands. And yeah, I mean, I was right. I can remember watching him his first camp with the Steelers. And they're 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 playing him at fullback, and I'm watching him run routes, and I'm going, well, he catches the ball pretty well for a guy who's a you know for that de- for a for defensive tackle. Right. Sure, sure. Um, I don't know that he caught the ball well as a fullback though. Like he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna run away from anybody. No, I mean I think he touches the ball what five times a year if he's totally healthy. Yeah, uh, and and it's just to catch if, if people that, off yeah. guard, you know, fullback belly that no one's expecting, or I'm in trouble and he's wide open in the flat, I'll dump it to him and maybe we'll get two yards out of it. And I'm not saying Watt's gonna rack up a lot of yardage. But a guy like Juszczyk, watch closer to Juszczyk is what I'm saying, yes. than he is to... He was 15 yards a catch in his career. Juszczyk does? No. Oh, Watt, Watt does. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Watt can run. He's not going to be awkward catching the football. But more importantly to me is the whole personnel game. Because if you're going to get heavy against the Niners when they have Kittle, Juszczyk, a running back, and two receivers on the field, and you're going to come out in base, 
and knowing that they run the ball really well, UCS can move over to the slot and run a handful of routes, yeah. and they're always going to be against linebackers, and then you probably are single and kittle. You know, I mean, like, they cause problems. Yeah, and I thought that's why it was interesting. that If you look at the two Steelers' uh, biggest acquisitions in the offseason, it's another tight end and a fullback. Right, right. What are they telling you they want to do? Well, I think they're – on the surface, I think they're telling you they want to be a run – they want to run the ball more. When you dig deeper, I think they want to be very multidimensional. Yes. I think they want guys that can do more than one thing. You know, Ebron's as much receiver as he is tight because, end. Well, and that's, a, that's the point. You know, last year when they went to the big package, mm-hmm. the second tight end was Zach Banner. You're you running the football. Yeah. that. Yeah. But, uh, but everyone in the world knows what's happening. He's not a threat to ca- ever catch the football. No. I mean, you'd rather run behind Zach than Eric. Right. But, but there's nothing that says now Ebron – now takes that outside role. Vance McDonald kicks inside mm-hmm. and is the blocker. Mm-hmm. And he still gives you a guy that's capable. Of... It's not like he can't run down the seam yeah. when, when no one's paying attention to him, too. So. Yeah, they have so many more packages they can throw at you now. Their 21 or their 12 isn't always necessarily the same people. And you, you start testing the defense early in the game and saying, well, they're going to play base against our 21 I'll put Ben in the shotgun and kick Watt out a little yeah. bit, and you know, see what happens. Or you know, you, you, what what happens when you you put, uh, you know, those guys on the field and the receivers are, uh, how many does that leave? Five, seven, nine. So you get two receivers, right? No, one receiver. When what? If you go tw- uh, twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you have a fullback, a running back, two tight ends, and Juju or whoever. Or Claypool. Or Claypool would get really big. Yeah. You know, now what do you do? Are you going to a, you going to a not a base package? You're probably going to a uh, you know, almost a goal line. You probably type. get a goal line situation. And all of a sudden, but Ebron can detach. Yeah. You know, and then McDonald runs a seam, and you have a screen set up the running back, or you know, it's they have a lot of options now. Yeah. And I think it's fun too, and a little exercise for people at home is pull up the roster and pick five guys to go with Ben and five offensive linemen and all the different packages you can put out there they may not have an a b that's going to see the field every snap but you can create some fun things there you know you can get really heavy you can get um really light too i mean they led the league in four receiver sets two years ago i mean you could go out there with ebron no back and four receivers and if you don't get dollar personnel somebody's on a linebacker yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in hurry up or whatever. And you're going to win that battle. Yeah. And put yeah. Ben in the shotgun and get it out quick and, you know, pre Unless, you know, unless the linebackers, uh, you know, KJ Wright or somebody, I don't. Yeah, right. Somebody I they mean, can cover. I mean, that's the beauty of Bush. Yeah. Like the Steelers couldn't combat that stuff in the past. Now you can better with Bush. Yeah. So uh, it should be interesting. And I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think they have lots of options. Uh, we'll see how that continues to work out. Um, we'll get a good look at it uh, starting next week when the uh, practices open up. Um, I'll be. I think Watts in the plans though. Oh, the, yeah. you, you don't pay him three point two five million dollars exactly. to not use him. Teams tell you what they think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that they're going to do some stuff with that. Um, he's not going to be just be a special teams ace, although he can be that as well. He did lead the league in special oh, teams way, tackles yeah. last year, uh, so a, a very a valuable signing that they're going to take advantage of. Um, we're going to hear the Mike Tomlin uh, interview. We'll play that back at the end of the show today. But uh, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Matt, uh, we've seen a couple of uh, signings yeah, in the last happen. 24 we, we hours. We kind of predicted that coming. You're right. Yeah, Everson Griffin signs with the uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, one year, uh, $6 million, that, up to $6 million, yeah. which uh, kind of a bargain for a player of uh, his level yeah, of play. But a lot of times this time of year, too, if people are just kind of looming out there hoping to get a job, you'll see veteran minimums, more or less. Or yeah. give them a million, one-year deal. So – with incentives, and that, that's where the could be up to $6 million. That's where the incentives yeah, right, come into right. play. But this contract makes me think that he was sought after and valuable still and has a lot left in the tank. I think it's really interesting what's going on with Dallas's defense. Is Van Der Esch was hurt a lot last year, but him and Jalen Smith make up an elite linebacking core, and Sean Lee still is in the mix and can still play. Um, their defensive line... It's pretty much totally redone. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is the straw that stirs the drink, but Quinn goes to Chicago, and Tyrone Crawford's been around for a while, but now he's a part-time player slash kick-inside guy, which fits him perfectly. Griffin and Lawrence, to me, will rival the Chargers guys or, you know, one of the best edge groups in the league. Both those guys were in my top 25. They drafted the insides interesting, too, because they added Don Terry Poe, Gerald McCoy used a second-round pick on Tristan Hill last year, a third-round pick on Neville Gallimore this year, that all of a sudden they got a bunch of guys. And then they're still taking a flyer on Alden Smith. We know his story, which is a little crazy. Um, But they hired Mike Nolan, who's usually a lot more blitz-happy than they've been in the past. But I don't know if they'll have to. You know, I think the secondary is going to be aided pretty much by a pretty good front four. It better be because the secondary is – definitely the weak part of that defense it is you're 100 right i mean the secondary is a little questionable it's very questionable you know i mean it's anthony brown and chidia chidobia wuzier and haha clinton Dix, and they're okay you know what i mean yeah. but it's it's the it's the weakest part of the whole team yeah um but uh, they they signed him to a deal uh george kittle 
breaking the bank for tight ends. Uh, five right. years, $75 million. And he is well-deserving of that contract. It does make me wonder, though, if I'm Travis Kelsey, I'm sitting here going, well, what about me? Yeah. Tight end market's really weird to begin with. You know, that I think they've been very underpaid over the years. Relatively speaking, the best tight end I've ever seen, Rob Gronkowski, didn't make a ton of money. Um, so, you know, we see Hooper become the highest paid guy basically because it was an opportunity because he was actually on the street, unlike a lot of these guys, and became a free agent at the right time. But I said in a podcast a couple weeks ago, I think Kittle's the best offensive player in the league that's not a quarterback. And how do you pay that guy when the quarter when the tight end market is so low before that? You know, you can disfranchise him and get a steal. I would argue McCaffrey would, would be that guy. Yeah, there's others to argue. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, I just think Kittle presents that Gronkowski-like, kind of like we talked about in the first segment, there's no right answer because yeah. he can detach and, you know, so many things. So any contract that would came up with him wouldn't shock me. You know, like, boy, he's underpaid for being the best offensive player in the league, but he's still making more than any other tight end. Or, wow, that's a monster contract because he's super important. Uh, Kelsey is making, he signed a uh, five-year, $46.8 million contract. I believe that was back in 2016. Um, I don't think it's been recent for him. 2017, I should say. He signed that deal. Um, so he's got another year left after this one. Uh, he counts, he has a base salary of $8 million this year, and he counts $11.2 million against their cap this year. Next year, his, his base salary goes to $7.75 million, and his cap hit is $9 million, but he's going to be 31 next right. year. If I'm, if I'm Travis Kelsey, I'm going to the team now at age 30 and saying, hey, he just signed that five-year $75 million contract. This right. is good. I, I think I can get one more here that'll take me through age 34, age 35. Now's the time to do Now's it. Now's the time, think. yeah. Before Mahomes is making a ton of money against the cap, he's still sort of reasonable. I don't think they've locked up Chris Jones yet, though. I mean, I he's, think they, uh, he's on the franchise tag. I, so I'm thinking that's their next priority. I mean, I thought they did sign Chris they Jones. Might, I couldn't remember on that. They, they might have happened soon, too, that he got extended. Yeah, I think Chris Jones signed a uh, – he signed a four-year $80 million deal. Okay, so the timing's perfect for Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, before you hit the market and get exorbitantly overpaid, you are getting old, but you're not fading away. Tight ends really fade away slow. I mean, the great yeah. ones don't fall off a cliff usually. He can still run. He's still a key piece. They don't have a guy behind them that they're grooming. You know, like Tyreek Hill comes to them, they say, well, maybe we could live with Hardman and Watkins and a first-round pick next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Kelsey, I don't that's know. The, that's, that's the decision they're going to have to make. Probably between the two of them. Between the two of those right, two right. guys. And you you would look at it, and, well, age-wise, you've got to keep Hill over Hill. Kelsey. But Kelsey's, I mean, again, as you said, the tight ends can play into, into his mid-30s and mm -hmm. still be very effective. Three more years of Kelsey has a lot of value. Yeah. Um, whereas, that's a good point. If I was his agent, I think now's the time to, let's talk about this. It's been a while. Yeah, and uh, you know they just set the bar. Yeah, in right. San Francisco, give me something in that neighborhood. Yeah, maybe get five years and seventy million um, instead of seventy-five, if, if that's what you mm -hmm. know. Four-year deal or in that. Yeah. You know, Tyreek is signed. Uh, Tyreek Hill is signed through twenty twenty-two. Uh, the team does have a, a potential opt-out after this season, or after a uh, potential opt-out in twenty twenty-one. Uh, makes it a uh, they would save twenty-two million dollars, twenty-two point eight million dollars in cap space. 
and have 5.3 million in dead cap space. He, mm. he signed a three-year, 54 million dollars deal. Um, They're not going to be able to last keep everybody. year. You, you can't. I mean, Sammy's expensive too. He's the obvious one you can move on right. from. I thought he'd get cut this year, and they were able to finagle that. But if Hardman blows up this year, do you do you suddenly look at Tyreek Hill and say, okay, in 2021, uh, his cap hit is 15.8 million? Maybe you trade and the cap him. is going down. I mean, because right. you're going to need things if you could trade him for picks. Well, here's the thing about that: if you do trade him, his base salary is only nine hundred ninety thousand. Hmm. Uh, this in 2021, his base salary in 2022 is uh, just over one million dollars. He's got some. He's got some signing bonuses on there. He's got a, an eleven point eight million dollar roster bonus due next year, and a sixteen and a half million dollar roster bonus due in 2022. That I mean, Hardman aside, I mean, if Hill has a normal Hill year, you go to the AFC Championship or better, you win 13, 14 games, I think you just keep rolling with it and keep trying to monopolize things. If he struggles a little, shows a little sign, maybe you do consider moving on. His cap hit in 2022 is $20.7 million. Wow. It's a big number. That's a big number when you're paying Mahomes and Jones and Kelsey and these guys. Yeah. And what I've been sitting here thinking is Bill Polian's model with Peyton Manning with the Colts was if you go to draft history, there's so many first-round picks on skill position guys. Dallas Clark, Anthony Gonzalez, Joseph Adai, let alone Edge James, Marvin Harrison, Wayne, you know I mean, the guys that really hit. And the, the plan was obvious. We had two pass rushers playing the Dome. We're going to score a ton of points. I'm just going to keep giving Peyton all kinds of new weapons. Yeah. We'll, we'll rush the passer with those two guys, and the rest right. of the defense can just be. The linebackers are all fourth round picks, making nothing. And yeah. when their contract's up, we'll let them go. We'll play cover two. And well, it I makes wonder... me wonder about, like, if Edwards Hilaire hits. Let's say Edwards Hilaire becomes 80% of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. Do you then need, for example, Hill and. That's kind of where I was yeah. going with it, too, is maybe they showed us this year. They're just going to keep drafting skill guys high. I don't care what position it's right. at. Just give me weapons. Maybe that's a tight end next year. Maybe that's another fast receiver next year. And we know we can't pay all these dudes, so we're just going to keep drafting high-end talent at the end of first round at skill positions that probably will hit. Yeah. I mean, it, you can kind it, it of – certainly works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dallas has kind of got the same thing going on a little bit there with at the receiver position. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they have Ezekiel Elliott. They're paying him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're gonna they're gonna have to make a decision on Dak at the end of this year. They're gonna have to pay him. Yeah, I don't know where Dallas gets the money. You know they just signed Everson Griffin and you know they added some other pieces on defense, but the offense is really pricey. You yeah, uh, CD Lamb falls in your lap, you take him. Great, but they got big pieces. They need the cap to go up. Yeah, uh, they. Uh, I think every team needs it to go right. up. And again, I keep takes, thinking it's gonna takes us back to that. You know Saturday football thing if there's you know let's say two or three games on saturdays now or just let's just say it's a saturday night game now they they turn that into a i think they will saturday night uh you know football night in america kind of thing um what's that worth to the to the networks tons a, a bunch of money let's talk about this for a minute because because what's what it's going to take the place of is usually have the big 10 and the in the uh the pac 10 or pac 12 pac 12 is always playing that that late game right Right, right, right. Well, now you got a, a late NFL game instead. You could play it. You could start it at nine Eastern, you know, like something like that. You know, yeah. like how money football used to. Um, I was listening to Mike Lombardi's podcast this morning, and he was kind of talking about this and talked to people in the league. And 
he doesn't think it's far-fetched, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, that there's a game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And there's many reasons. The obvious ones like you're talking about. There's no college. That, But the other thing that's interesting, too, is CBS, NBC, whoever, they're not putting out any new content. There's no new Will and Grace or Cheers coming out. Yeah, What yeah. they're putting out there stinks. <laughs> and their their programming is no good. If they could put NFL on Friday instead of some rerun of Law and Order or whatever the heck people put on, well, they've got three thousand of those. <laughs> That's always on somewhere. <laughs> you know, the Big Bang for the hundredth time or whatever. They would pay out the out the ears for it. I think. Yeah, and I think advertisers would line up for it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's they know people are going to watch it. I, I think uh, uh, I, I did a, a little research on this um, when people were talking about uh, you know the NFL. The people aren't watching the NFL like they did before on TV. Well, there's, yeah, that might be true. The, the ratings were down a little bit, Does that but like not nearly. Yeah, stuff? not nearly as much as they were for regular TV. Ratings right. are down. Right, right, right. And oh, by the way, I think there's the, just so much more to watch now. I think like 98 of the top 100 most watched shows last year. We're still NFL games. <laughs> so, yes, it's down by their standards, but it still rules but the market still, like yeah. no one else. And, and you know, they were talking about, uh, I think the, the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago was really well watched or whatever. And it got like an 11 share. Okay. That 11 share was like the 98th. This is Stanley Cup finals. It was like the 98th most watched NFL game. Yeah, it's like a the week same season. game. Yeah. Bills, Jets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever. You know, <laughs> right. So I mean, it's still the it still rules the the roost. It's still the thing that everybody wants to watch, and it's it's the ultimate in reality TV. So my uncle, he's a little older than you. He's a little older than me, and he got me into football in a great way too. Like he was a huge Steeler fan in the '70s. Went to all the Super Bowls. Took me to many many games as a kid, and he can kind of take or leave football at this stage of his career and of his life. And he kind of said. It got too watered down, Matt. You know, like, I loved the Monday night football. I'd never miss it for the world. Now there's Thursday, there's Sunday, there's Monday. I don't know which one to get up for. I, you know, I can't stay up all these times. Tell so me, I need to start playing fantasy. Right. And <laughs> I think he's in the minority, but I do think there are people that look at it that way, too. Like, I don't need it every night, but a lot of us will take whatever you can get. Yeah. And, I, I, th- I still think that way of thinking is in the minority because it doesn't mean you have to watch it. I mean, you and I will. I will. I mean, I'll never I'll watch a game, game whenever, there's right. a, whenever there's a game on just to watch a game. But it's better once on CBS on Friday night or Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, if if there if there's game if there are games on Thursday and Friday if there are game if it's a Friday night game I'm going to sit and watch the Friday night game. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I sat and watched some you know college football game on a Friday night that was. You know, Wyoming versus. Uh, they didn't uh, really care about. Yeah, it. Right. I didn't care about the game. I, right. I, I might watch to see if there's any kind of prospects in the game, but I'm Not just watching mention, a football game. I don't know a ton about betting, but I would imagine the primetime games get bet on triple a one o'clock game. Oh yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Or just people figure, oh, I'm, I'm going to watch the game. I might as well have something. Right. You know. And we know that betting is going to start filtering money into the NFL. Well, that's a betting paradise. Like, it wouldn't shock me if Thursday through Monday we have football, or maybe there's only one night off of those times. And then maybe the cap goes up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the potential that, uh, that the, the league has to look at here. And, again, that's the way that they can sell this to the NFLPA is like, hey, we know you don't want to play a bunch of games on short work weeks, but if we can, if we can guarantee, year. yeah. 
you could tell the Patriots, you know, uh, two mo- two weeks in advance. Hey, instead of Sunday, you're playing Saturday. No one's going to the games. Right. You don't have to tell. If it's a, and especially if it's a night game. Right. You know, Saturday night game. Night you know, you can you can travel uh, Saturday morning instead of, you know, instead of going in yeah. Saturday night. Uh, to go play Sunday, we'll you're give gonna, you a month's notice. Yeah, and you get an f- f- extra day the next week. Yeah, it's not that big a deal, right? You're already. I mean, you, you know, who knows? I don't. Know. All the stand, it, all the people in the stands have to change their life. Yeah, you know, that's the, right. that's the great thing about it is it, it's not a situation anyway. where you're telling a bunch of fans like, hey, we're going to move this game to Thursday. It was supposed to be Sunday, right. and you know, it's too bad that you already made your plans. You can play it wherever. Doesn't you matter. Want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to be there. Uh, anyways, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, when we come back, uh, SI has uh, come out with a list of 12 teams it thinks can win the Super Bowl, Legi- have legitimate mm. Super Bowl hopes this year. Good. We're going to go over that list. We'll do that right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Back, I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, I may mention uh, before the break that uh, Sports Illustrated has come out with 12 teams that could win Super Bowl LV. Hmm, okay. This one's written by Connor Orr, and I got two teams into this thing, and I had to take umbrage with what Did Mr. You? Orr okay. wrote here. Number one is the Chiefs. Agreed. Not surprising. Not is surprising. He ranking at all. them in some order. He has them. Yeah, okay. one. He has I, numbered. I don't know if that ranks them. Okay. But he's got number two is the Patriots. And yeah. I would put $500 down right now that the Patriots will not win the Super Bowl, even if I was getting horrible odds at that. I would, too. I don't think they can. I mean, I think Cam can be a success. I think that there's some logic when you write an article like this that Bill Belichick could take the Pine Richland team and be competitive. But eventually, the lack of talent, talent is going to catch right. up to them. I mean, right. When we went through the Mike Clay's uh, positional rankings right last week I think the only area where they ranked in the top 10 was at uh, cornerback corner that yeah, was it I that's a, I think that's it right? yeah and I think they were 23rd overall in terms of 24th 24 in terms of talent and I would argue they'd be lower than higher if I were doing it yeah and, and I mean offensively front, they were puss their front seven's bad yeah, yeah I mean right Def- yeah. defensively the front seven was awful it's really bad yeah I don't think they can I mean c- could they win the division yeah I, I'm not sure I'd pick them. I'm just not really high on the other three teams yeah. in, the, in there. I mean, but I don't think they can win a playoff way. game. I don't think they can win a couple because if they win the division, they're probably going to be the, the fourth seed, mm-hmm. which means they're going to be getting the top wild card, they and they're could, not going to beat the top wild card. Yeah, yeah, they're not beating those teams. I don't think so. I mean, I right now, if the Steelers were in New England with no fans, and they would have to do that three straight weeks, right? It I, goes back to the fact that they can get that streak together. They've never gone to the Super Bowl. Let alone one one mm-hmm. where they haven't had a buy. I mean, the chance, now there's only one buy. They're not going to be the one seed, right? I mean, I can't, I can't write that story, even if the most creative writer in the world can't write that if, story. If Cam Newton came back and was Cam Newton of 2015, mm-hmm. they're not, the, they're not the number one I think seed. That gets eight and eight. <laughs> right. You know yeah. I mean? And he was the MVP that year. Right. Right. They were 15 and one, and he was the MVP and on a good team. 
I mean, I think they win the division. They win eight, nine games if he's that guy. Yeah. Uh, no, th- I, I can't give him that one either. Three is San Francisco. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, think he's that's... ranking them. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, I would not Seems agree. like it, yeah. yeah. Uh, he says this about the 49ers. Outside of the Ravens in Baltimore, the Steelers in Pittsburgh, the Patriots in New England, San Francisco may have the most sustainable front office ownership coaching structure in the league as it stands right now. I think that's safe to say. It's, yeah. it's amazing because they're young, and it wasn't long ago that they were picking second overall and yeah. in, in shambles. But you got long-term deals for Lynch, long-term deals for uh, Shanahan. It is a stable team. Uh, four, he has the Saints. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's a that's an obvious one. Right. I would have them higher. They're one of my top. They four. would be two on my list. Yeah, me at too. the very at the very least. I'm probably going to pick them to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. The more I, I think they're pretty good. It. Yeah, um, they can withstand things now yeah. too. I mean, if Michael Thomas happens to go down, I don't think it kills them. You know, at five he has Seattle, and I don't think that mm-hmm. Seattle's in this group right now. I've just been fiddling with my. We power talk about this every year with up, Seattle, right? I'm always hard on them. I never believe in them. I'm always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize in advance, Seattle fans. But I do like their back seven now on defense. Their pass rush is junk. But yeah. They'll blitz like crazy. I mean, Adams might be their number one. He might be the leading sack guy sure. Yeah. yeah. It's the offense will be good, I think, though. You got a, you've got a great quarterback that gives you a chance. They were two inches away last year from being the number one seed in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Think about that. They, if the they, analytics people hate them, though. Yeah. yeah. But if they get the number one seed in the NFC last year, do they go to the Super Bowl instead of San Francisco? Possibly. Nobody wants to go there. And Nobody play. wants to go there and play. Right. It's very possible. I mean, yeah. betting against Russell Wilson is a terrible move for your wallet. Yeah. Uh, they can. So, yes, they can win the Super Bowl. Six, he has the Ravens. MVP. Yeah. You know, that's very possible. Six is the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. I think they can win the Super Bowl. I think they should worry more about winning a playoff game with Lamar Jackson first. Right. They did a lot of talking last year. Earl Thomas was talking about, hey, we're going to win the Super Bowl. You know, who we, mm-hmm. Whoever we're playing in the Super Bowl but it better be ready for us. <laughs> right. You didn't even win a playoff game yeah, for the second Lamar year in a row. Yet. Yeah. I know that. Uh, I'm of the belief, and maybe, maybe it's different in football, a little bit different, but I think – the great teams, the ones that have a foundation built up, you have to kind of build your way up to winning those kind of things. Being an elite. It's almost like Jordan getting past the Pistons. I look at it. I, I was a Pistons fan right. growing up. And in the late 80s, uh, they, they had to get past the Celtics in yeah, the, in the right, East. Right. Basketball, there's a lot of examples. Yeah. There's all uh, the first year, when they were really young, they had to go win a playoff series. Well, they did that. Then they, they, mm-hmm. they, they got to the second round the next year and lost there. Then the next year, they, they won that second round. Baby steps. Get to, the, right. get to the conference championship. They play the Celtics in the conference championship. That was your, uh, you know, Bird steals the ball and the, all that stuff, and they, yeah. they get knocked out. But then they go the, the following year and win the championship. They, they kept taking that step forward. Right. They had to learn as a group how to win together. And then the Bulls were the ones that took it off them. Yeah. And, you know, and they were on top for a couple of years, and then the Bulls came and, and knocked them off the porch. Right. Now, there's a lot, a lot of examples in sports like that. You know, like the, the Oilers couldn't quite get past the Steelers. You know, that, that type of thing. Knocking on the door, they couldn't right. kick it in. Right. And I think there's a learning to win and then learning to win championships are two different things. I mean, the future is really bright for Baltimore. I don't think either one of us would say they can't win the Super Bowl. Right. But, no, I, I think right. so as well. Does Lamar's... Does his style of play work as well in the playoffs? 
usually against a team that you've typically already played during the regular season. So you're always almost always seeing somebody that you saw during the regular season. Played them before. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely think more than any team in the league, it's beneficial to have played them recently or at least have a a game against Lamar at his best under your belt. So maybe not. Like, I think they they feast on bad teams. They kill them. But when they play another good team, it kind of evens that that advantage out a little bit, and then it becomes more of a 50-50 proposition, I think. I think he's a good passer, though. I I think he is, too, but they don't try to do it with him, and the receivers Mm -hmm. are not great. Right. I guess – you know, but I don't think that their their game might be better in weather. You know, if, you would think. You know, like when the weather hits and things like that in the playoffs, maybe it slows them down on a sloppy track or something like yeah. that. I mean, their their offense is all about speed. Yeah, it's it's all about speed. I just think you know when you get into those December January games, mm-hmm. the speed's kind of negated a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think to answer your question, I guess the answer is yes. But I think playoffs balance is important. You know, a team like the Saints that can play it any way you want. Right. You know. Because teams are going to take something away from you. Mm-hmm. And a good team will take something away from you in the playoffs. They couldn't adjust to, to the Titans running the football last year. Right. They're used to playing with leads. Well, good teams aren't, aren't always, you know, if the, if the other team has a good offense and can control the football. You're not going to be up seven at halftime right. every, every week. And right. they're just not built to play from behind. Yeah. I, I think that's true. But they're also explosive on the ground. Yeah, well, they know? can they can right. they can definitely jump on you quick and get right. and, and get out to a lead against anybody. Right. Um, but their defense too is built to play with the lead. Yeah. You know, it's rush the passer. It's that Manning conversation yeah. we had earlier about the Chiefs. Yeah. And I don't know that that's going to change this year. I think Probably you're still. Gonna, I think you're still going to be able to run on them. I do too. Yeah. And I don't think they care that much. But it, you know, it's a chink. This next one is a sh- is a shocker, at number seven. The Los Angeles Chargers. See, I kind of see that. I like them. I don't yeah. know that I would have them seven on this list. Right. Seven. They're not even going to win their division. They're not going to win their division. And I don't think that they're the third best team in the AFC. No. But I think they have a lot of star power. They've got a lot of pieces that I like. And I think they're going to play Ravens football with play defense with a lot of playmakers, run the ball like crazy. But at some point, you're going to ask Tyrod Taylor to win a game for you against good teams, and I don't think he can do that. Probably not. I, mean, I think they can win to a Super Bowl. I, I think they think can they win. Can. I think they can be like a nine or ten win team. I do too. But I just don't think Super Bowl against a, another good football team. It's a big stretch. Yeah, to, to ask Tyrod Taylor to outplay Ben Roethlisberger, you know, in this, in January, or can you beat the Steelers, then the Ravens, then the Saints? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> right. No, yeah, not with Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback. I think you can win a playoff game. Like I think if you go into Buffalo, as the, if you, the Chargers could go into say Buffalo in January and win. Agreed. Yeah. But they're they're going to have to go on the road. I think they're they not winning that any, division. I think they could beat any team though on yeah. the right day. But can they do it three times in a row? Three in a row? I don't think not. so. I, this is more of a next segment thing, but it wouldn't shock me if Tyrod Taylor ends up with. 600 rushing yards and is the quarterback six in fantasy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It also wouldn't surprise me if he's benched eight weeks into the season. Right. If, if things that could go happen off too, the rails, yeah. I'm not sure they're well coached. And, you know, but I don't know. We'll see Herbert. When we'll see Herbert. Number eight is the Eagles. I think so. I know you like that team. Mm-hmm. And you like the next one as well, the Eagles and Cowboys. Yeah. I, I think both those teams have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Things would have to fall right for them. I, I think I like the Cowboys a little bit better than I like Me too. the Eagles. I Carson Wentz. Right I love Carson Wentz, the player. 
he just gets beaten up every year. Yeah, I just think that's who he is. He, he takes risks at the quarterback position, holds on to so. the football, and and uh, that catches up with you in the NFL. Yeah, uh, the Everson Griffin move makes me feel even stronger that Dallas should be five of my power ranks. You know, like I think they're a pretty good team now. Yeah, number ten is the Packers. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, he says, this is a team I hesitated to include, but ultimately decided to put them here based solely on the fact that Aaron Rodgers is good. He has top five players at wide receiver and running back and a mostly excellent offensive line. He said it perfectly there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is good. But is he He's Superman not great. anymore? He's right. not great. For Aaron, them to go and win the Super Bowl, They need great Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Like he did against the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I, I haven't seen that guy in a while. Yeah. It that, could happen. Could. They're built – for Aaron Rodgers to be great mm-hmm. because the, the guys around him offensively are not great. No. I mean, he could take the Clark Kent outfit off and there might be an S still under there, but I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. I don't think – like, I don't think if you were saying talent-wise who are the top five re- receivers in the league, I don't think Devontae Adams is that no. guy. He does, no. He's not fast. No. He doesn't have great hands. Um, he doesn't separate all the – I mean, he's, he's – He's a good player. He's a volume player. He's a volume player. Yeah. He's a good player. Um, he's a technician. Yeah. But he's hit his ceiling. He's not going to get any better. Right, right. Number 11 is the Steelers. I think they can win the Super Bowl, yes. Um, and he, he talks about them here. He doesn't mention anywhere uh, the, that Ben Roethlisberger is back, which is kind of surprising. He said, Mike Tomlin has still never had a losing season as a head coach and gets back a theor- theoretically clean, cleansed roster this year. The familiarity of the coaching staff with some minor offensive upgrades could be enough to push Pittsburgh in as a wild card contender or a legit challenger to the Ravens. It's ridiculous to count on the team that has, depending on how you look at it, three or four elite players rushing towards the passer on every snap, depending how you look at it, four or five elite players protecting the passer on every snap. The secondary is good. Minka Fitzpatrick's a budding star. It allows for some versatility. They could take the league by surprise in 2020. Yeah, I think they're always in. They're on that list every year, and unless you lose your Hall of Fame quarterback, <laughs> but I think a key there too is if they can develop. We know they're going to be better on offense, but if they can develop balance on offense, all the Connor talk we had yesterday. Yeah. Again, Connor, not be twenty ninth or twenty eighth or twenty ninth in rushing as you were last mm-hmm. year. If you're in the top twenty somewhere, if you play the Ravens and you can run the ball on them, you know, if you play. Uh, the Chiefs and run the ball on them, you know, and keep those quarterbacks off the field. But in some games, you might have to throw it all over the yard. You know, I mean, yeah. I think they're capable of it. And we talked about all the different skill position guys they have now. I think some game, hey, Watt, this isn't going to be your game. You know, we're going to play a lot of three and four receiver sets. I think they can chameleon it week to week. Yeah. And then finally, number 12 is the Buffalo Bills. If Allen's good, which I don't think Allen's good now. But yeah. I think he could be good if he's good. If he doesn't kill them. See, I'm thinking, then, I mean, how do they win the Super Bowl? If he, if he's in a... If the defense is really good, if the defense takes mm-hmm. a, another step forward, and the running game, now with the two-headed monster of a, you know, with, that they yeah, have they'll there, run the ball well. They should run the ball. Uh, and he's a top 12 quarterback in the league. Yeah, I was going to kind of say it along those lines, too, like... If he's if he takes a step forward, which he did last year, but not a huge one, I think they're probably a playoff team, and will be hard to beat. And maybe they can string some wins together, but they'll have to play a certain way. But if he's a top ten, maybe even twelve, like you said, quarterback in the league, if he's Dak Prescott, 
now they got something. They yeah. might be they might be one of the top tier teams now. Yeah. They're, to me, they they rival the Bills with Dak Prescott rival the Chiefs and Ravens to me. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just a you know above Good, above average quarterback yeah. play, which right. is what they they didn't have last year. I mean, he's he, he yeah he's every deep ball. Yeah. You know. He's great as a fantasy player. He's a much better fantasy player than he is in the real world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they need him to be a, you know, he's a, a top eight quarterback in fantasy play. Because he runs. Because he runs and right. gets, you know, runs for his touchdowns, those kind of things. He's not a top eight quarterback in reality. No. Nor, mean, nor is he anywhere close to that. Nor is he anywhere close to that. I'm not sure he's top 20 right now. Right. But he's got loads of ability, and by all counts, he's a super hard worker, a great kid, all those things. You keep thinking he'll get better, but will he ever be top ten? I bet not, because I don't think he's very accurate. Yeah, and that's uh, that's that's the one thing. Like you can help, you can you can build your arm strength a little bit. You can get better. You can mm-hmm. get your mechanics to to get more of that out of it. Accuracy, you either have it or you don't. Right. He misses a lot of throws. He still has that Winston one or two bonehead plays a game too. Yeah. You know. They'll kill you if you're if you're trying to win game 17-14. Yeah, exactly. That that's a That's the that's way they're they have That's the way now. they're set up to win, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot around them. Yeah. I mean, if he can throw the ball better or put 16 games together where he does, sometimes you see that, you know, these guys get hot. Um they could be dangerous. But I just have my doubts on that one. Yeah, I do as well. Will you pick them to win the division? I still think I will. I think I will. Yeah, I think I will. But like the Chargers were in that division, I picked the Chargers. Yeah, I picked the Chargers. Right. I think the Chargers yeah, are a better a football team. team. I think the Steelers are a better football team. Colts, Titans. I think the, I think the Colts and Titans are yeah. better football. I think they're they're like the sixth best team in the AFC. Right. I don't think they make it out of the first round unless they get the right matchup. Like if the Colts have to go to Buffalo in the first round. Winner. Yeah. Right. Um, I'll pick the Bills to win that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I would pick them to beat the Titans. No, I mean I don't think they could keep up with the Chiefs. I don't think that I don't think they would beat the Steelers. <clears throat> Agreed. Steelers so, in Buffalo, Week One of the of the postseason, I'd be pretty confident about Steelers' chances. Yeah, yeah. No, I would too. Yeah. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to uh, Steelers Nation Radio. This is the, uh, of course, the drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. That was uh, Sports Illustrated's uh, 12 teams that could win the Super Bowl this year. More AFC teams on there than NFC. I think it was yeah. seven. I think it was seven five. That's interesting because over the last few years, I've always felt the NFC is deeper and harder to and get. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not mentioned on. Yeah, that. how about that? I would replace the, the New England Patriots with the Buccaneers. I think the Bucs are better than the Packers too. Yeah, I think and so they're better as well. than Bills. Yeah. They can win the Super Bowl. They can win the Super Bowl. I think so. Vikes not on there, and I'm glad yeah. I didn't think they should be on there. Yeah, Rams. Rams, Rams on there. not on there. I think I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that's going to do it for our show today. Stay tuned right here. Uh, Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes will be picking up the, uh, the 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 rope here and running with it, or taking the baton. The baton from us. We'll be handing that off to them. They'll keep you here until six o'clock, and then Matt and I will be back with Mike Pursuta from six to eight, uh, giving you all the Steelers news that you need to know. Uh, but for my partner, Matt Williamson, I'm Dale Lally. We also want to thank uh, Jacob here on site, keeping us on the air. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.